0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. It's another Well-Being Wednesday here at Consumers Energy, and I'm your host, Bill Krieger. Today, my guest is Angela Deuce White-Garfield. She's an electric field lab field leader here at Consumers Energy. So, Angela, if you'd introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started.
1: Like you said, I'm Angela. Most people here call me Deuce. Um I was born and raised in Kentucky, Uh, moved here back in 2014 with my husband. Um, We've been married since 2013 and got twins that are five years old and we're expecting another one December 23rd of this year. Um, Yeah.
0: So twins, are you expecting twins again? No, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I got to think that keeps you a little bit busy.
1: We were we were really nervous that it was going to be twins again, but only one, and they do. They keep us on our toes, but them starting kindergarten this year kind of frees us up to spend more time with a baby. So, oh, yeah. well, that'll
0: be nice. Yeah. I, you know, I remember my kids, so they're all out of the house now, but I remember when they were that age, and I remember when they hit like four or five years old, and you didn't have to bring so much stuff everywhere you went. So welcome back to that after December 23rd. <laughs> I know.
1: Well, I'm stressing about it because the kids now can buckle themselves in their booster seats, now have to start all over with the car seat again.
0: That's so, right. It's like riding a bike. It'll yeah. come right back to you. Trust me on that one. So I have to ask, I've only ever known you as Deuce. And here's the problem. When I've tried to look you up in the system, I'm like... don't know what her first name really is and so I think a lot of people out there might be surprised to know that your first name is actually Angela but where did Deuce come from and now before you answer that question I always thought it had to do with your time in the military like driving a Deuce and a half or something you know something wild like that but what's the story No,
1: no um so coming into the electric field lab there was already an Angela so I was the second one And just to be able to distinguish on who they're talking about, Um, I got the nickname Deuce, which I liked. I kept it. I always had nicknames in the Marine Corps, too, so it was fine with me. Um, And then she left and went to be a field leader in Battle Creek, and then I followed. So I just kept the Deuce because people still get us confused.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, it all makes sense to me now. Let's talk a little bit, though, about what you do. So you're you're an electric field lab field leader, and many of our listeners may not know what that means. So what do you do for a living?
1: So um, basically, I'm the supervisor of the electric field lab in the Battle Creek area. So we cover southwest portion of Michigan. Um, but the EFL, what they do is we work within substations and online devices, um, One of the main things we do is um, testing and maintenance and NERC testing on relays for the protection of the system. Um, And then we do a lot of um, any equipment with troubleshooting, um, commissioning substations, um, and commissioning equipment.
0: So I think that back to my electric field leader days, uh, I think we worked a lot with you on boosters, right? Did you guys do the boosters? Yeah, like auto boosters.
1: So we don't do the auto boosters uh, because those are just mechanical. But the regulators that replace the auto boosters, those are what we would troubleshoot, install, and, um, yeah, commission.
0: Okay. Well, you can tell I've been out of it for a little while uh, over here in People and Culture because I had my, uh, my names uh, mixed up a little bit there. (laughs) So let's talk about how you got to consumers energy and how you, how you got to what you're doing today. Did you just hire in as a field leader?
1: Nope. Um, so I started in 2014 as an intern. I was going to school for, um, industrial electricity, um, and the supervisor of EFL, um, I actually knew him, and he said they're going to be opening soon for interns because Angela, the other Angela, was going to be um, hired in full-time, so I applied and got, the, uh, got it, um, which was really crazy because I swear, like, a couple weeks before I was on my way to Kentucky to visit, and I didn't know what I wanted to do with the electric uh, background, Um but I remember seeing substations in Indianapolis on each side, and I was like, "I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'll never work in one of those because those look scary." <laughs> <laughs> and then a month later, here I, here I am at Consumers working in them. So, yep. So from there, uh, intern, and then I got um, hired full time, and then probably two years ago, um, I took the field leader position when Ron retri- retired.
0: All right, so um, I see that you've been kind of following this other Angela around, yes. then. So <laughs>
1: yes, yep, so. our paths are pretty pretty aligned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I see that. I yep. see that. So, um, and, and again, never say never, right? Yes,
1: yep. So, yep. Pr-
0: so prior to going to college and coming to Consumers Energy, um, you served in the military. Yes. And so, tell us a little bit about that.
1: So um, 2008, I joined the Marine Corps. Um, We, yeah, so from there, went to uh, like a year in school for avionics. Um, So it was a five-year duty cycle rather than four, just because the the long schooling that we had. Um, Went to Cherry Point and then... A lot of trainings and then two deployments to Afghanistan.
0: All right, before getting so, out in thirteen. So why the Marine Corps?
1: Why not the Marine Corps? I gotta go, Marine. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go hard. Um, and that was yeah. I remember in sixth grade, um, I was always an ag- aggressive kid, getting into fights and stuff. And so the teacher for introductions always asks what you want to do when you grow up, and I was thinking what would be the most bad thing to do. Um, being in the Marines popped in my head. So ever since the sixth grade, that's what I, what I wanted to do.
0: Well, that's pretty yeah. amazing because <laughs> not a lot of people can say, hey, this I'm, do, I'm doing what I said I was going to do in sixth grade. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because I used to be a recruiter, and uh, I recruited for the Navy because I was in the Navy for 10 years. And I remember uh, the people who joined the Marine Corps, they were going to join the Marine Corps. It wasn't like they had a first, a second, and a third choice. None of that. Like, it's yep. the Marine Corps or nothing. Yes.
1: That's how I was, definitely. I mean, so my brother was in the Marine Corps, and he tried to talk me out of it because he was a grunt. He was infantry, and he went to Iraq. So he definitely didn't want me to do it. And then my um, my boss at the time, I worked at a convenience store through high school and stuff, just go to the Air force, just go to their – can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I, I got to do the Marine Corps, or like you said, I'm not going to do anything. And uh, I compromised and went into the Air Wing and worked on helicopters. So,
0: well, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Marine Corps boot camp is Marine Corps boot camp. So there's really no <laughs> no compromise there. No. Um, where did you go to basic training, and what was that like for you?
1: Um, Paris Island. At that time, all females went to Paris Island. I think now they've split it between California and there, but um. It was an experience, um, something <laughs> very out of, you know, anyone's element, pretty much. It was hard. Um, just taking it one day at a time, pretty much, you know.
0: Yeah. 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 I. I you know, I talk to people over and over again, and even for me, g- having gone to Navy basic training, which any Marine will tell you it's probably not really like basic training, mm-hmm. um, it's still you're, – you're never really prepared for what you get when you get there. No. And no, no, no matter what you do, uh, they – and I think it's by design, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what they want. I mean, they want to – there's nothing that I did that was, that was right, and they're at the end, you know, talking to them, um, the drill instructors after, you know. I did. I did fine. You know, I did great, but they just can't let you know that when you're going when you're going through it.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Anyone that wants a taste of that, check out <laughs> an officer and a gentleman from way back when. Um, you'll see how that relationship changes mm-hmm. with drill instructors, even though that's just. A movie. So, uh, you know, I was watching a documentary and and also my uh, my stepfather and my brother were both Marines. So I'm familiar with some of the Marine Corps uh, mindset. In fact, uh, I say this quite frequently when I talk to veterans that I grew up making hospital corners on my bed because that's how you did it in the Marine Corps. <laughs> that's how we did it at home. Um, but there is a portion of basic training, uh, I think, called the crucible, right? Where it's like the culmination of of all of your training. And I've watched that and got exhausted just watching it. What was it like going through that part of your training?
1: It was, um, it was hard, but at the end, I think it was probably one of the most rewarding parts of it, you know, right after you get your Eagle Globe and Anchor. Um, but no, so yeah, it was, I believe three days of, like you said, all the training, um, And you actually had to – you got to pick which drill instructor you wanted as, like, be on their team. Um, And usually people say you're the senior drill instructor is the um, most lenient and stuff. Well, I liked mine, so that is why I picked her. Um, So she made sure that she was not lenient at all on us during that time. (laughs) So it was was pretty challenging, but, uh, you know, at the end – it made me feel really good um there was a girl that was not uh trying her best at all in the so we were really getting in trouble because of her a lot and stuff and then at the end uh the person the drill instructor that gives you your ega um is the one that you went through it with so um, there wasn't enough room in the line for her to give me mine, so I had to go into the back. So she actually came and got me from the back and put me where that girl was and put her in the back so that she could give me my EGA, which I thought was really cool.
0: That's really you know? special. Yeah. That's really special. Yeah. And, and uh, anyone who hasn't witnessed this, uh, you can go off to the, like, the History Channel and see what this is all about. You really have to dig deep to get yes. through that. yes. And so did you learn a lot about yourself as a result of that?
1: all through boot camp, all through boot camp, you learn a lot about yourself and what you can do, you know? Um, So each week there's a different um, thing that you do, like gas chamber or swim qual, crucible, um, whatever. And every time you're nervous, or I was at least, um, that I wouldn't be able to do it, that I would fail and, uh, I never did. You know what I mean? So it literally is a lot of the time just taken um, day by day, step by step and just getting through it and really shows that, um, just cause you're scared or fe- fearful, you know, if you work hard and stuff, you can get through it. So, yeah.
0: Well, do you think that lesson that you learned there impacts how you approach things today?
1: Yes, for sure. Um, Even now, um, if I'm not confident in something at work or, you know, especially as a a technician and stuff, um, because all of that stuff was so new, I knew to to be better at it, to understand it, to be good, that I had to put in the effort and the work. Um, So that was working overtime. That was, you know, before my seniors got there getting prints out and studying and putting in the extra time and effort to get where I wanted to be.
0: All right. And, you know, you talk about getting your Eagle, Globe, and Anchor. And, again, um, that's pretty important. If you talk to to people who served maybe just a couple of years during World War II, the one thing that they've held on to is that that particular item, their Mm -hmm. Eagle, Globe, and Anchor. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? And then how did it feel to receive that at the end of all of that?
1: So the Eagle Globe and Anchor is, um, the last, that's the final step of your boot camp before you from leaving a recruit to becoming a Marine. Um, so you do it right after the crucible. Um, and it's just this little, um, emblem that you get. Um, it's black and it's the Marine Corps emblem, um, with the Eagle Globe and Anchor on it. So your drill instructor, drill instructor, um, Hands it to you during the ceremony. It's a full ceremony that they do. It's not like you get to go washed up, so you're there with <laughs> <laughs> the sand all over and the sweat from the three days and all of that, you know. But uh, yeah, so it's it was a, it's a big step. That's when you know that you finally you finally made it and all that hard work and misery that you went through for three months was was for that one that one moment. So.
0: And do they talk about that throughout basic training, the eagle, globe, and anchor, or that's this is no like this is the end and and here we go? Yeah, they don't
1: they don't let you dream much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's the place where dreams go to die. I think (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) So you finish basic training and you're moving on. Uh, You you go into um, were you in avionics?
1: Yes. Yep. Okay. So, um, went to. School in Pensacola, Florida, uh, Navy base. Yes. It was amazing. I got to see the Blue Angels fly every day for free. Um, So that's where I started my school, and I picked the platform uh, CH-53 Echo. So it's a huge helicopter, the biggest one in the Marine Corps. Um, So it's a lot for um, transporting troops or um, heavy lift, anything like that goes down other aircrafts, we lift them out and stuff. Um, so I went from school to Pensacola to New River, North Carolina, and then to uh, stationed at Cherry Point.
0: So the CH fifty three is that is that the Chinook? How, is that the double dual rotor nope,
1: helicopter? Nope, nope, nope. So it's made by Sikorsky, um, and it looks just like a normal a normal helicopter. It's just really really big.
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. When you mentioned large helicopter, it reminded me when I was going through uh, Officer Kennedy's school, Uh, they took us up in a Chinook, and I just remember looking up and oil was like just pouring out of a fitting, and I looked at the crew chief and I'm like, you know, oil's coming out of there, and he looked me dead in the eye and he said, "Don't worry about it unless it stops coming out." Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) Yes. So yep. that's
0: true across aviation that is apparently. That's true.
1: Yes, that is true. As on helicopters, I'm not sure about, you know, airplanes, but yes, helicopters. You want to see the leaks and the had had fluid everywhere and all that. Yep.
0: All right. So uh folks, if you take a ride in a military helicopter, just keep that in mind. Yes. Don't don't worry unless you stop seeing it. Now you did mention that you did two two tours in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Uh and what was that like for you? What did you do? How how were your deployments if you don't mind talking about it?
1: No, that's fine. Um, so my first deployment, um, was in 2010. Um, I done that deployment solely avionics on the aircraft. Um, we were stationed at Camp Bastion, um, and Leatherneck. So they're kind of the American and the British there together. Um, so, that one was very busy very chaotic in 2000 2010 you know you have to work they say 12 hours a day but it was more like 16 to 18 and then you know starting over the next day so uh long days um it was kind of hard doing just avionics from my perspective and i think it was a lot for everybody just because you're over there in Afghanistan or wherever you're at, even, you know, here in the States. And you don't always get to see the rewards for what you're doing when you're just working on the aircraft. Um, so with that, for the second deployment, I volunteered to be um, aircrew, um, So I had to do training and stuff for that. Um, so my second deployment, I was air crew. Um, same place, Bastion and Leatherneck. But then I actually got to go all over Afghanistan flying, um, doing different missions and stuff. So very different second time than the first time around.
0: Now, as part of air crew, I I know that – now, do you get wings Mm -hmm. with the AC in in the center?
1: Yep. So that's that's just the normal – Wings, so once you've done combat tours, so I've done the combat tour, it's a different set of wings, and then you get three stars, depending on how many hours you flew in combat, depends on what color your stars are, gold or silver.
0: Okay. Now, do you have a shadow box with all of us in it, or are you just keeping a drawer somewhere?
1: It's just in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> I would love to make a shadow box one day. I think it'd be really cool, but I haven't, haven't gotten around to it yet.
0: Well, no, no, nobody's going to be upset with you. You have twins uh, and another one <laughs> on the way, so... Uh, it may be a few years before that happens, yep. <laughs> for sure. Maybe when the twins get old enough, they yes. can do it for you.
1: Yeah, great, great Christmas present. <laughs> there
0: you go, there you go. We'll play this for them when they get to be about <laughs> fifteen or sixteen, uh, and we'll get that done. Um, so you were you're in the Marine Corps. Uh, you get done with your your time in. You've done your two tours, and then you get out. What? So what happened after that?
1: So, um, got out in 2013, and. I knew I wanted to do something, um, in the electrical field, wasn't sure what, just because my background with avionics, I knew that that would be a good, um, a good field to go in, so we moved to, uh, Michigan, we moved here just south of Battle Creek, um, this is where my husband was from, so we chose his hometown rather than mine, um, but, um, so I started college, just went to the community college, and eventually got my bachelor's at Siena Heights. But um, like I told you earlier, talked to Ron, and uh, he told me about the opportunity with Electric Field Lab. And, and here you are. I got it. And then <laughs>
0: What was yeah. it? What was So, what was it like those uh, first few months uh, of being out of the Marine Corps and into the civilian life. And was that an easy or hard transition for you? (laughs)
1: That was a really hard transition. That was really hard. Um, I think it's gotten easier as the years go by, um, but it's still still hard because I have, I guess, a standard for myself, and it's hard for me not to expect those standards from everyone. And so just not having that, not having that structure like that and things that everyone has to abandon, <laughs> it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard, especially in the work environment.
0: Well, I can only imagine for someone who's been a Marine since the sixth grade um, <laughs> that, yeah. that that would be difficult. I, You know, my experience is a little bit unique because I worked here and deployed uh, for a year and then came back mm-hmm. and uh, i remember i I never lost my military mindset uh, but i remember coming back and i was a field leader and at one point someone kind of leaned over and said hey does he know he's not in the army anymore right yes. um i think that's been said quite a few times and and i and i don't take it as a as a bad thing Mm-mm. um but i know that then i need to kind of course correct yes.
1: and that's that's the approach that I have to take a lot is, um, and I had to do it more when I first got out rather than now I'm kind of adjusting, you know, and all that. But, um, when I hear people complaining or, you know, anything like that, I always think, you know, um, I used, used to not do that, but I have to think they didn't, they didn't join the Marine Corps and They choose this path every day as a normal job, so they need to be treated as such, not not any other way. So I have to put that in perspective a lot to myself.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes I have to step back and say their struggle is real. Mm -hmm. Although if I compare it maybe to the struggles I've had, I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) But really, their struggle is real, and I have to respect that.
1: Yes, yep, yep. It is an adjustment, but... It's doable. Sometimes, so. it <laughs> sometimes it
0: takes a couple of years. Sometimes it takes a couple years. And, you know, my, uh, my stepfather served in Korea and, uh, you know, that, that never left him. He was yep. always, that part was always with him. Um, so it was very interesting sometimes uh, dealing with that. Um, so what do you think, if you look back over, uh, over your time in the, in the Marine Corps, time in the military, coming here to Consumers Energy, um, what do you think you really took away from your time in the military that helps you today?
1: Um, that helps me today. Um, we can get down to the basics of, you know, a lot of time management skills. Um, and even though working hard or, you know, uh, putting in the extra, the extra, not even time, but the extra effort, um, to not only get things done, but to, uh, better myself and, and knowledge and, um things of that nature, technical skills, even though I'm still not in the field, you know. And I think it helps, too. Um, My leadership skills. Um, I'm definitely not the type to um, be dictator or, or, you know, anything like that. Um, I think of the best leaders that I had, and one was um, Gunny Page, and I worked with him briefly in Afghanistan the second time and um as a gunny they don't have to go out and work on the aircraft if they don't want to you know what i mean like they don't have to do that stuff um and he was always out there for the hard jobs um, i remember one time him and the guys that we were on the i was on the aircraft with um the middle of winter it was cold but they wanted to see you know on their way back who could go the longest with their shirts off you know what i mean so just being a part of the group um, and really being out there with with us, not just telling us what to do. You know what I mean. I think that was very impactful to me, and that's the way that I try to be um, with my technicians.
0: All right. Yeah. Lots of great lessons, but that's uh, you know that someone who doesn't have to but still does. Yeah. That's quite a uh, quite a, a way to um, motivate people. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I, you know, I do have to ask though, uh because there's not a lot of women in the Marine Corps. And so how do you feel you were accepted uh in what some people might call like a man's world, really? Uh, how was that for you?
1: Um it was actually pretty easy for me. Uh and I'm I'm not I'm not sure why. Um I just always approached everything as um I was not different. I, th- I had I had that in my own mindset, so I think that that helped a lot, you know. So there was never any time that they were doing something that I wasn't uh, that I wasn't with them. So if it was we were getting in trouble, um, having to scrub bellies, so all that had fluid and dirt and all that that you were talking about falling in our faces, you know, um, I was doing it too, you know. So I never, I don't. I never struggled with that part. Um, I did see other people that did, you know, but personally that was never, never a struggle.
0: So really your experience was a Marines Marine. Yes. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. And thank you for sharing all of this uh, with us. We're getting close to the end of the podcast. Uh, But before we go, I'm just wondering if there's anything you would like the audience to take away from our conversation today.
1: Um, yeah, so I have um, I have two things, um, you know, veterans and the military members um, come from all walks of life, all different types, um, females included. So just make sure to honor and respect all of them. Um, and then the other thing is what I learned from the Marine Corps that I brought today, you know, that I used today is uh, even when you don't think you can, Do something, you know, just hard work and step by step and you'll get there.
0: All right. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for coming on the podcast, taking time out of your busy day. Uh, I know uh, Deuce, everyone will uh, love to hear this and our audience will definitely take some. uh